friends, welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. What is this episode? Like 890? I don't know. <laughs> I've lost track. <laughs> oh, it is hot today, like 93. It's what we call an indoor day. No, I've been out outside a lot lately going swimming, and today I just decided to stay in. If you're new to the show, I'm Angela Lucier, and I'm your host. I'm also an author speaker and the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. And this podcast is all about speaking. And it was originally started with the intention of being about public speaking, but it's really about speaking anywhere, even to yourself. <laughs> and today's episode isn't necessarily about public speaking, but it's about the way you speak and how you show up in the world. And if you listened to last week's episode, then you already know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, I would say go back and listen to that first, because this will make a lot more sense. I talked about the idea of being unreasonable and how often women apologize for being alive, basically. And I challenge you to pick one of these two options, to either be more unreasonable in your life or to stop apologizing so often or notice when you're apologizing and try to see if you can glean some insight from that. And I asked you to share with me what you found out. And I got some really interesting uh, responses via email. So I wanted to share some of those and also share what I learned. And uh, I don't know, I I like doing stuff like this. Do you? I I think challenges are a lot of fun. I think they give us an opportunity to look at stuff that we might not otherwise be looking at and could be kind of asleep to. So On last week's episode, I said that I was going to do the unreasonable challenge. And then every day I kept finding myself really more attracted to the apologizing challenge. And I don't know if you do this, but it's like as soon as you make a decision, you want to do the other thing. It's almost like if you have straight hair, you really want to have curly hair. It's like it was like one of those situations. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'm allowed to change my mind. I'm going to do the apology challenge instead. So I switched after like two days. And I'm really glad I did because there were several opportunities for me to notice things that showed up. But before I jump into that, I'm going to share some of the things that you shared with me. Let me just open my my document here. One person wrote in saying that she noticed she kept apologizing for having feelings. Like every time she felt sad or felt angry, she was apologizing for it. And she said she had never noticed that before, that she felt so much sort of um, guilt or shame around just having feelings. <laughs> do you ever do this? I know I do. If I ever have a reaction that's not what you would expect, I feel like, oh, I'm not supposed to be acting like that. Like, I should apologize like for the other person's sake, just so they don't feel uncomfortable that they have to witness me having a feeling other than happiness. And this is so common uh, with women. I was watching a show called Married at First Sight. You might have seen it. I'm a big fan. The other night, they were showing the weddings. If you're not familiar with it, basically it's arranged marriages. These people are meeting at the altar, and then there's eight weeks of them like kind of navigating married life with a stranger. So a couple weeks ago, they showed the weddings, and a woman walked up to the altar meeting her husband for the first time. And as they're exchanging vows, she starts crying. And what do you think she did? Apologizes. I'm so sorry. I'm crying. And he, her, her 
now, you know, future husband is like, you don't have to apologize. And the person who's sort of, I don't know, the minister, justice of the peace, whoever they have there is looking like very confused. Like, why are you apologizing? And she's just, she's trying really hard not to have feelings in front of people. And the fact that she is means it's time to apologize. And we see this all the time, especially when, when we see, I mean, I've seen so many women giving speeches in speaker sisterhood. And when feelings show up, the first thing they do is apologize for them. And what I, I try to say as often as possible is that having feelings is an opportunity to show your vulnerability and your authentic feelings and to show up as you really are, like with your real feelings, not trying to project feelings or pretend. So when you do that, it's actually a huge gift to your audience because you're creating actual connection and you're allowing them to feel their own feelings by sort of role modeling what that looks like and being present in your story and being present in your life by allowing feelings to show up and not apologizing for them. So I was really glad that someone wrote in and said this because it's so common. And I bet if you do the challenge, if you haven't done it yet, you'll start to notice you're probably apologizing for your own feelings. And we do it so automatically that it's almost like the word isn't even there. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, but I feel like... And then you just start talking. It's like all of that pretense stuff just kind of gets lost in the conversation. But it's actually really important because what you're doing is minimizing your feelings by first apologizing for them and then stating what they are. So we have to be more mindful about the way we're speaking and let go of that stuff and just state... I'm angry about this, not, I'm sorry, but I feel like I'm angry. No, (laughs) I'm angry. That's so much more powerful. And it's not, and it's sending a message back to yourself that your feelings matter. And that's a big deal because it, when we do things like that, it helps to build our confidence in how we feel and think. And when we apologize for those things, we're sending a message back to ourselves that how we feel and think doesn't matter. And we have to be apologetic about it. It really pisses me off. All right. I was uh, reading the book Hunger by Roxane Gay. Have you read it? Oh, my God. I love her writing. If you haven't read it, it's a book about body image, food, exercise, confidence, women in the world today, the male gaze, so many things. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty long book. I think it's maybe, I don't know. It looks like it's maybe 300 pages. It's across the room. I can see it, but I don't know how, how many exactly. But it's so good. The chapters are like a page or two long. You can get through it pretty quickly because it's just like short essays about her life being overweight in our world and what that's like for her. And it makes, it made me think a lot about how I feel about my body, my own struggles, my own thoughts about food and exercise and all, you know, everything that goes, goes along with it. And I think everybody is faced with some sort of challenges around their body, or at least you have to have a relationship with your body. So this book, it was really helpful to help me think more about my relationship with my body. But anyway, she has a whole chapter in there where she's apologizing for her body. And what I talked about in last month's, last week's whatever, the last episode was, <laughs> sometimes we apologize for taking up space. And earlier today, I did a class with a woman who, I'm going to have them on the podcast soon, so I don't want to ruin the surprise, but a lot of it was body-oriented. And at one point, we 
all of us participating in the class were asked to put our arms out to our sides, like, you know, straight out and stretch them as far as we could and then stretch them as far as we could over our head. And she said, you know, that might be uncomfortable because we're often taught not to take up a lot of space. And I noticed myself wanting to bring my arms in. Even though I was taking the class on Zoom and I was in my living room by myself, I started to feel like I'm taking up too much space. (laughs) It was like unconscious. And it's such a common thing to feel like I need to apologize for being here. I need to apologize for you know, just taking a, taking a seat on a bus or on a, a train or on an airplane, like I'm taking up space, I'm taking up space. And, and that corrodes our confidence and it corrodes our self-worth because we're constantly feeling like we're, we're not supposed to be here or, we're, you know, there's a lot involved. But as I was reading that book the other day, I just thought, wow, this whole chapter is about apologizing for having a body. What the hell? So I'm going to tell you my apologizing story last week. So one thing that's come from COVID is that I've gotten to know my neighbors better because I'm home all the time and I see them much more often because they're home all the time. And we're all like spending time on our yards. Like I've been cultivating a really nice little fern area (laughs) next to my porch and my, I had ras- a lot of raspberries this year, so I was out every day, a couple times a day, picking raspberries. And I've been weeding the front yard and mowing and, you know, doing all the things. Like I mentioned on last week's episode that I don't like mowing the lawn, but sometimes I like being out just touching the soil and, like, you know, making making the flowers look nice. So anyway, I've got, been getting to know the neighbors, and I have one neighbor who has lived across the street from me for four years, and all we've done is waved at each other. And it's not because anybody did anything. It's just like we just haven't really crossed paths. So a a couple weeks ago, he said, want to have a barbecue? I noticed you grill and I grill. And why don't we get together and have a barbecue? And I was like, yeah, all right. So we set it up and I went over his house and we sat in his driveway. I think it was last Monday. And I haven't really socialized in a long time. So I was kind of nervous. <laughs> I was like, how do you do this? <laughs> what do I say to this person? I forgot how to have a conversation <laughs> with somebody I don't know. <laughs> like, what's your favorite color? I don't know. What's yours? I don't know. So I go over, I sit down. He was awesome. He was like, you want a drink? And he was like cooking steaks and he had corn and he did, it was, it was really nice. So anyway, we start talking and I find out that he like had adopted four kids. He's He's probably in his 60s, so now his children are all grown, but he had adopted four kids. He had two biological kids, and I, as soon as he told me that, I just was so fascinated because I've like considered or been thinking about just this like idea of adopting, and um, I just, I, I became insanely curious about the whole process and why he did it and what he learned about it and what it was like, and so as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh my God, I have 100 questions, and then I, the next thing I said was do you want to talk about this? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, great. So I just like launched into tons of questions. And I think for the like two hours I was over there, we probably talked about it for an hour. And then he told me all the, all kinds of other things about his life. And I shared stuff about mine. And then I got home and I like, you know, started kind of doing dishes and stuff. And I was like, wow, I feel like a lot of shame right now. And I feel really embarrassed as I was reflecting on our conversation. And I've, 
wanted to text him and say, I'm really sorry I asked all of those questions. I wasn't trying to pry. And as I was thinking about the text, I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to apologize. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why am I about to apologize? And all the shame was about me feeling like I asked too much of him too early and I should have been more patient and more guarded and less curious and not expected so many personal details from someone I didn't know. And it was such a strange like, belief I had about me being, I don't know, someone who is like asking too much of people or like trying too hard to learn about somebody. I, I mean, I don't even know really what was making me feel the shame, but it was making me want to apologize really badly. And then he sent me a text I don't know, 45 minutes later and was like, it was really nice to talk with you. We should do it again soon. I want to answer all your other questions. And I'd also love to introduce you to my nieces. I think they'd like to learn about speaker sisterhood. And I saw that text and I was like, oh, okay, I'm okay. He's okay. Everything's fine. And it, it was like, I had to get the validation from him that I wasn't crazy <laughs> for asking all those questions in order to feel okay about it. And that really bothered me. And it took me days to really like think through what that was all about. And I was telling a friend about it and she goes, well, don't you kind of think that it was a gift that you gave him? You gave him the opportunity to reflect on a really big, important element of his life. And you showed interest and you gave him just this chance to, to share with somebody who was genuinely interested. And I was like, I yeah, I guess. I guess it was a gift, unless he was secretly mad. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> and it was like this weird. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, just this reaction that was very strong on my end. And I sent emailed or I texted him again about something else he had asked me about about my roof and you know neighbor stuff. We talk about our houses. And he, he texted back and was like, yeah, I've been thinking about our conversation. I really enjoyed that. And so it was like another opportunity for me to be like, oh, okay, I'm all right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working through that and I'm continuing to notice where I'm apologizing. And there are some places where I've gotten really good at not apologizing. Like I talked about earlier, like not apologizing for having a feeling like if I'm sad or frustrated or angry and I'm sh trying to share that with somebody but in these instances like it still comes up and I think it's it's a practice that I have to continue probably for a lifetime because some of, so much of it is so ingrained and I encourage you to do it too because it helps us to see where we I don't know just where we have um, weaknesses or where we have challenges and stories that aren't helping us and things we can continue to work on. So that's some of the stuff that came up around apologizing. And as far as being unreasonable, someone sent in an email. I'll just read what, you, what she said. She said, I've been asking for more help from my husband for things that are easier with two people or easier because he's so tall since listening to your podcast. He looked at me quizzically when I said that was what I was doing when I was asking him for help. He was just ready to be helpful and thought I wasn't being unreasonable. And that is why we are married. <laughs> I love that. And I also noticed like 
I've never had a conversation with a man who felt like he was being unreasonable for asking for help. I haven't proactively sought out these conversations, but I've also, you know, with all my male friendships, I've never heard a guy say anything about this. So I think men probably might not relate to it as much, but I think women do. So if that's the challenge that you took up, if you still want to send me stuff, I'm happy to share it in future episodes. I'm going to be going in a little bit of a different direction for the next few episodes, but happy to share more insights and revelations that come from paying attention to apologizing and if you're being unreasonable or not. So if you want to send me anything that you're interested in sharing or this just stuff that you're learning about yourself, you can send it to me at Angela at speakersisterhood.com and uh, I'll put it up on a future episode. I don't want to share about what's coming up, but the next few episodes are going to be a little bit different than what you've been hearing. And just to be totally transparent, I think like most people, I've been in a little bit of a funk. <laughs> I think that might be an understatement, but I've had, I've, I've felt like my focus has been just in a different place. I've been really focused on trying to make a nice home for my son and me, and I've been focused on him. I mean, he's one, so it's hard not to focus on him. He requires a ton of attention, <laughs> which is great, but... I've, I have, you know, I haven't been socializing very much. I haven't been working very much. I've just been just really like homesteading, I guess, and thinking a lot about what I want to be saying on the podcast and thinking a lot about speaker sisterhood and next steps for it, but not taking a ton of action right now. I feel like a lot of my energy is just being taken up by like low level background anxiety about the future of the planet and you know, all the things going on with the election and just, I don't have to tell you, you know. So I wanted to um, just think deeply about where to go next because I don't want to just create a a podcast to be like, okay, check that box. There's my episode. I wanted it to be thoughtful. And if you're going to take the time to listen, I want to make sure I'm creating something that's actually valuable or entertaining or worth your time. So I thought a lot about it today and, um, I came up with something I'm really excited about, and it's going to take me a little bit of time to put together. So I don't know if the next episode will be in two weeks or three weeks, but it will be um, soon, and it's going to be different and fun. I mean, I'll just mention, I guess, as like a clue, just to like drop a a breadcrumb. Who doesn't love a breadcrumb? (laughs) I was watching the Jeffrey Epstein documentary today, the one on Netflix, Um, which was inspired by listening to an interview with Brad Edwards, who was the civil uh, survivor's lawyer from that case on a a podcast episode yesterday. And it's not that I wasn't aware of the Epstein case, but I hadn't really spent the time to watch the documentary and read a lot of the articles. So I got, you know, I watched the four-hour, four-part documentary and, after watching it, I came up with a couple of things that I wanted to do to um, just help women have a platform. So then I remembered I had a podcast. <laughs> it's really funny. Sometimes I'm like, how would I help women have a platform? Oh, yeah, I have a platform, and it's a, called Claim the State. <laughs> I don't know if you ever do that. <laughs> But I sometimes sit and I just laugh at myself. I'm like, oh, that's right. 
So that's what we're going to be doing. So I won't get into too many more details about it, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a big one. Yeah. I think that was it for today. Um, oh, I'm also reading or trying to read Where the Crawdads Sings. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Where the, where the Crawdads Sing. Crawdads Sing. Yeah. <laughs> but I've had a problem with my eye for the last week. We thought it was a sty, but I guess it's something else, like a cyst under my eyelid. So I've been putting antibiotic ointment on my eye. Have you ever done this? When the doctor said, yeah, you're going to apply it on your eye and your eyelid, I was like, but how am I going to see? And she's like, well, you have another eye. (laughs) So I haven't really been able to see for like seven days. So I haven't really been reading, but I'm planning to get to that this week. So if you're looking for a good read, I've heard great things. It's in Reese's book club, so it might be a good good read for you. All right, well, that's it for for today's episode. I want to say thanks for listening, and it's been... uh, it's been fun having this platform to, to keep keep going, even though things are a little slower with, with work and with the business right now. It's I'm appreciating that everyone's listening and uh, here for this. And I love making the show for you. So if you want to leave a review, I would be so happy because the more reviews we have, the, the easier it is for people to find the show. And the more people that find the show, the more people we can help. Um, Clean the Stage is a production of Speaker Sisterhood, and it's recorded in the Glitter Closet in Holyoke, Massachusetts. And the music is composed by Chris Collins. You can find him at IndieMusicBox.com. And if you have any questions about sponsorship or becoming an upcoming guest, you can fill out our contact form at SpeakerSisterhood.com or email me at Angela at SpeakerSisterhood.com. So that does it for me this week, you guys. Until next time... Stop waiting, start creating. Bye for now.